Hello and welcome back to the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Carlishaw and I'm joined by Chris Brammer. Oh, hello. Hello, sorry you caught me having a sip of a drink. And I'm also joined by Tony Lloyd. I put my drink down. <laughs> Excellent. Um, how are we guys? It's been a, a long, 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 long time. But I'm so chuffed to have you two back virtually over Zoom. <laughs> and we get to talk about Stoke City Football Club once again. It's, it has been a while, hasn't it? I've aged since then. I mean, all of us have aged, haven't we? <laughs> like that's how that's how the march of time works. But uh I had a I had a big birthday, so that was nice. That was um good. Yeah, I mean it's just the same old, same old, isn't it? Sitting inside Talking to a computer. Yeah. Talking to a computer watching the same Disney movies on repeat. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm I'm really glad that we've got something better to talk about. <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed. Well, for the first time in a long time, we finally have a competitive match to talk about as Stoke drew one all with Reading. We'll be talking about that in due course, but I think there's something we... I think we ought to mention at the top of the show. Uh, on this podcast, we've tried, where possible, to accept differing points of view, and everyone has always been welcome to listen and get in touch with us. Uh, so I'm going to only speak for myself at the moment, and then let Chris and Tony have their say afterwards. It's just a, something that's been uh, bugging me for quite a while, and especially after Saturday. Um, our fan base has a problem with racism. I'm basing that statement on what I've seen on social media, on the message boards, and depressingly what I've seen and heard in the grounds as well. And Now, this isn't about whether Stoke are better or worse than any other club when it comes to this kind of thing, because that's where this state, a statement like our fan base has a problem with racism leads it leads into straw manning and self-justification and so when i say our fan base is a problem with racism i'm not calling you listener to this podcast who was a stoke fan a racist i'm saying we need to be better at calling out and shutting down racism among fellow supporters it's all well and good saying we're not racist but we need to be actively anti-racist now the taking of the knee at the start of the Reading game uh, opened the door for people hiding behind a username to expose themselves as narrow-minded bigots. If the idea of a group of people making an, albeit purely symbolic, gesture against racism has made you question, follow, question following Stoke or football in general, then you just really need to fuck off. And that's it from me. Um, Chris, uh, I, I know you, you've maybe agree with some or all of that um and i know this is going to be three white guys talking about racism but i think this kind of thing just needs to be called out now because i'm getting tired of it yeah no i i agree wholeheartedly with 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 every single point that you made there um i think that one of the things that's really really annoyed me it's not i mean let's be honest like the, the the whole last few weeks has uh, some really ugly views have been have been illustrated, but I I tell, one of the one of the things that really <laughs> grieved me was that people are like this is this is a oh this is the straw that's broke the camel's back for me I if they're if this is what they're doing in football uh, I won't stand for it and it's like well <coughs> you were fine with all the other horrible horrible things in football this is actually a really good thing and. 
I, I, you, you uh, emphasised it in a far more eloquent way than I have when I've not prepared anything. Mm-hmm. But I agree entirely that it is. It's not sim- It isn't good enough to simply um, say, "Oh, well, I don't. I don't agree with them." We, as a society, not just as a football fan group but also as a society need to challenge this view wherever wherever you see it um and not only that it's a a circle of self-education as well keep reading on the subject matter keep informing yourself on it it's not good enough for for us to as i mean let's be honest we we would like to think that we don't hold these hold uh, abhorrent views but it isn't good enough for us to just sit here on a on a pedestal and be like oh no no we're we're fine it it's a matter of continuing to learn so challenge these viewpoints challenge yourself and and challenge it wherever you see it please because it's just it's not acceptable ever yeah i absolutely would like to associate myself with dave and chris's remarks um a hundred percent uh, I, speaking only for myself, I would say that firstly, if your reaction to a few minutes, a few minutes, a few seconds mm. of silent reflection, taking a knee for literally ten seconds before kickoff to highlight and show solidarity with an oppressed community, is your response to that is that you don't want to go and support your football mm. team anymore? Then stop listening at this point. And spend the half hour or whatever that you've saved educating yourself. Um, Listen to black voices, amplify black voices. I know you've said we're white people Mm. saying this. We're not the people to listen to for the detail. Listen to people of colour talking about their experience of systemic racism. Uh, There's white people this week saying that racism isn't as bad as it was in the 80s. That's really not the point. That's not what this is fundamentally about. And secondly, read the oatcake thread on kneeling. Read the responses to the Tory party Father's Day tweet. It's bad. It's not acceptable, as you said, Chris. It's it's a really unusual thing for the whole Football League to be standing up for something like this. And like it's surprising. And I'm really, really, really glad it's happened. And also the scale of the backlash shows exactly why that's yeah. needed. Mm-hmm. Um, But as as white people listening to this, the first thing to do is listen to people of colour about how racism affects their lives every day and then educate yourselves and find ways to do better. On that uh, specific point, um, Football Weekly, Guardian Football Weekly, did a really, really good podcast on the 10th of June. So uh, go back and listen to that uh, because it featured uh, Troy Townsend, Elliot Ross and Jordan Jarrett Bryan, three uh, football writers of colour talking about their experiences for a good hour and four minutes and they articulate these issues so much better than we can and uh, so much with so much more sort of real world experience than than we ever can so uh, if you want a specific thing to educate yourself with I would I would use that as a as a good jumping off point for racism within a, a football context and it is it is remarkable that a a stand against racism pisses people off more than actual <laughs> racism within football. That is very, very telling and very, very telling about sort of the, the society we live in. And as I said before, this isn't about just like pointing at people and saying you're a racist, even though I c- could and probably should do that. Um, it's it's about saying, look, we we know the sort of demographics of Stoke-on-Trent. We know that we, we see very, very few uh 
black faces in a in a Stoke City crowd. So this these kind of environments do t- kind of lend themselves to more instances of racism. But it's it's the whole sort of justification for it that's really getting on my wick. It's the getting it's the sort of uh, idea that. This is a political point that this is sort of a, a like kneeling because you're a Labour Party member or because you're a woke liberal or something. No, no, it's the, the, the names on the shirts in the Premier League and the and the kneeling isn't uh, sort of saying you have to be left wing now. It's saying black lives matter because look at America, look at this country. They are they are being murdered um, mm-hmm. and. I'm sorry if that upsets people, but it's true. Um, and also, a note that they don't have the problem with uh, an NHS uh, mm-hmm. logo on the shirts, where you could argue that the NHS, as a, a state-funded healthcare provider, that that's a political position to support a state-funded uh, healthcare provider. And what you know, just because we have one idea of one. Of, of the NHS and one idea of Black Lives Matter, you you can't you can't you can't support one and then totally decry the other as political. I think that the the issue, and I mean this is a this is a a, a broader issue with our uh, politics as it is now, is that um, the the very three words that you mentioned there, Black Lives Matters, has been um, has been corrupted by far right people into conspiracy theories and i've seen it enough through discussions with people in our own fan base who you know abate like uh, is david a david ike levels of conspiracy theories about the that they're they're a uh, funded group to um set up by i don't know jewish people to control the world and it is it, it it's it's bordering on ridiculousness but it's a prevailing popular theory especially online where you find all kinds of awful stuff but all i would say if you if you were a person who has seen those three words and you think oh well i've read that this is a uh <laughs> if you, if you see those three words and then the phrase cultural marxism comes into your head um i would i would really encourage you to perhaps speak to i don't know people involved in the campaign or um i mean i'm i know that i'm saying this i'm preaching to the converted i don't think anyone who uh <laughs> who has gone down that that uh, rabbit warren of conspiracy theories probably has listened to this podcast but um and then probably not going to seek out alternative opinions it's a diffi- it's a really difficult thing to to mm. approach all i would say is that conspiracy theories are helping no one um and it's quite a dangerous yeah manipulative web to fall down yeah and and i know at this juncture that i'm i possibly anticipate that maybe some listeners are are just saying oh just get on and talk about the football and i whilst i understand that um and people have this uh real strong feeling that football shouldn't be uh political or tied to to social um, social change or things like that. I would just say, look at Marcus Rashford. Look, look at what good football can do when it when it really tries. Now, football has a problem with racism. As we as a fan base have a problem with racism. That's the first step is admitting it. But we also have we have a voice 
a bit, albeit a small one on this podcast, we have a voice within a fan base, and football has a massive, massive power to affect change. So when people, you know, you know, just check Gary Lineker's replies for stick to football, um, but. <laughs> It's not enough just to stick to football. We can't bury our heads in the sand about this stuff. Uh, but we will talk about football very, very soon. Tony, did you want to uh, <laughs> add anything else? I don't. I don't think there's a lot to add. I think the the tenet of Black Lives Matter, which gets diluted sometimes, is the fact that black people should be considered as people, mm-hmm. and that shouldn't be a radical yes. position. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And hey, and hey, if if you've heard all of that and you are still unmoved in your position, then I would strongly urge you to. I I I am as as devout as I am in my ideals. I am more than happy to engage in a in a conversation that doesn't result in shouting insults at each other. If you if anyone feels the need to question, like me or any of us specifically please drop us a message because more than happy to talk about it with you excellent yep completely agree with that so uh we are moving on to the football and wow um yay uh question mark um yeah stoke city were back and we got all excited we got hyped for the return of football in this uh hashtag new normal hashtag these uncertain times Hashtag, it's a bit strange, isn't it? No fans being there. Um, so we played against, uh, I believe their name, Reading something. Um, uh, and we drew 1-1. And for most of the game, Stoke City were losing. So in the end, the draw came as a relief. How did you rate our return to action, Tony? It was... It's funny, because I've been ill for three and a bit weeks and it's been pretty grim and I didn't really realise how much I was looking forward to it until lunchtime ish Mm -hmm. and then when the teams came out when the teams were announced at 2 o'clock my heart rate was 115 sitting down and it's like okay (laughs) I didn't realise how much I needed this focus Um, and then it was a pretty emetic performance and a cack match and it's I mean it's really easy to get all hyped up and excited but it is effectively pre-season mm. nobody's played any games we've seen all the Premier League games nearly all the Premier League games have been shit as well um, <laughs> a couple mm. of exceptions but yeah it, and it's not about being good at the minute it's about being better than whoever you're playing mm. and we nearly did that <laughs> I think it was I'm still excited. I still think it's a stupid idea that football's come back <laughs> from a national health perspective. But I, I'm, I'm glad it happened, and I'm glad I was here to see it. And it was really exciting. I mean, it was really, 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 really <laughs> shit, and then really exciting for about three minutes. But that's football. Yeah. Football. Um, yeah. So eventually, we did rescue a late point thanks to Nick Powell, who had had a. You had struggled, uh, to be fair, but in fairness, uh, Tony, you, you're right to point out that these games have been so anemic initially, and that's totally understandable given uh, everything that's gone on. Um, so I think in this sense it was more a relief that we didn't uh, you know, drop that point and 
we'd have been on the same points as Middlesbrough now, which is now looking like quite a quite a big, big, big game uh, in terms of our own sort of uh, well-being in the in the. I nearly said Premier League then. Oh dear, <laughs> that's how long it's been. Um, but uh, yeah, so quite a, a ropey start from Stoke, going a goal down early. Uh, Michael O'Neill's team selection did raise a few eyebrows. What did we think of? Um, First of all, the inclusion of and then the overall performance of uh, Lasse Sorensen in the midfield, uh, Chris. Uh, oh, <clears throat> well, I mean, I saw I saw a lot of people call for him to be man of the match, and I'll be honest with you, I I just didn't see it. I thought it was very much the performance of a young player who hasn't played many first team games. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm, he he had moments where. Um, he he looks good, and I think that he will grow into a decent player. I think it's great that O'Neill is giving these young players opportunities. It is something we've cried out for for so long, and we've had these name these promising names on on our on the cusps of our <laughs> lips. That's not a phrase for so so long, and um, it is it's nice to see them get game time. It, it it's hard to tell with, with the performance being as it was. A really odd, odd game. It's difficult to really give the kid a lot of judge, like to be able to judge him fully. I'm sure he can do better, is what I would say. I have a theory about this, which I've literally just formed now. We have, when we have young players, who, I mean, I was quite down on Sorensen on Saturday evening because I didn't think he played particularly well. But when we have young players who come into the side, it's a lot easier if you're a, a wild man attacking player, mm. pace you forward or on the wing, to hide from the game for 75% mm. of the play and then do something that catches the eye than in his position where a lot of the play was coming through him and they were, they were putting enough pressure on him that a lot of the time he was then going back to the centre backs and had there been had it been at home in front of a crowd the you you would have been at the booing would have mm-hmm. been yeah <laughs> it, it would have come yes. eventually the, the way that was going which I, I i think he's he's definitely a promising talent with everyone who's watched a lot of the under 23s agrees that he's he's a standout player yeah. we just didn't see very much on saturday to and it's a shout and that. it's a peculiar situation to to play in isn't it like you mm. so so much of um of player players debuts i know this wasn't his debut but so many of players like um young players coming through is dictated by how oh, the, the reaction to the crowd and stuff and that almost carries you through mm. this is uh, yeah for all intents and purposes a training match it's a weird thing and you can purely focus on the on the technical side so listen he, he I think he'll get better, as I say, but yes, I agree. I agree with Tony, albeit I wasn't quite as down as, as you were. Yeah, uh, perhaps it, I think there was perhaps uh, an echo of Tashan Oakley Booth's uh, debut mm. in, I know it's not Sorensen's debut, but it sort of reminded me of that in that uh, Oakley Booth uh, had spells in that whole game where he was a bit sort of lost and maybe chasing shadows a yeah. bit, but he did have an involvement in a Stoke City goal uh, I know technically wasn't the assist from Sorensen, but uh, a goal involvement anyway, and and that sort of maybe is is the standout highlight, and that will perhaps give him more confidence than the 
however many minutes came before that. Um, so yeah, it's, it was nice to see uh, Sorensen there uh, anyway. Um, so the main takeaways for me are uh, two negative ones and a positive one. Uh, first negative one being Ryan Shawcross. Mm. Oh, it's looking just, it's really, really mm. sad at the minute because he became, uh, I saw later that evening, the fir- first Stoke Seat player in ages to play for us in three decades, across three decades, ah. um, which is oh, wow. absolutely remarkable. Uh, so that was... That, that is incredible. That is, That's actually, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Only eight Stoke City players have done that, I believe. Um, and can can I just preempt anybody who's going to write into us and say the decade doesn't <laughs> start until 2021 and say, fuck okay. off. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so obviously his injury and again the sort of frequency with it with these injuries, the way he's 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 back and then he's not back minutes later is is a real real cause for concern. But what sort of leads me on to my second point is that we've definitely got central defenders around the club, so I'm not worried about a injury crisis there. And I know we've got central defenders because we played two of them at fullback, and <laughs> oh boy, um, what must those three fullbacks on the bench be thinking? Hmm, not sure. I mean, you can. I, I mean, I've not rated Josh Timon for some time, and uh, I've got my my doubts about Smith and Ward, but at least they are fullbacks. So Nathan Collins was a was a surprise to me at right back. I know Bruno was has played left back, but he's he's still not a left back, and yeah, he was kind of exposed for Reading's goal. But a positive one um, is just how important James McLean is for us. He just mm. underlines it, and particularly in these kind of games where you know maybe everyone's not full fitness yet, and people are starting to sort of work their way back into tactics and systems and things like that, and everyone's really quite unsure. You know what you're going to get with James McLean every single time. He is just going to run his knackers off, and he doesn't care if you're underprepared. He is going to run at you and be in your face and annoy you <laughs> and he's just going to be James McLean he can't stop being James McLean all the all the bloody time so um yeah that that was that was great and you know always lovely to see uh, Nick Powell score because uh, despite not having a good game yeah he's just he's just probably probably my favorite player at the moment um mm. but yeah uh, that those are my those are my thoughts on the game admittedly uh, that involved me re-watching it because I was sort of in a mood at half-time, so I went for a walk in Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you, you've... Yeah, I mean, pretty much. The, the the game itself, as I think, Tony, you said at the start, it it, it wasn't... Are we, uh, yeah, if, if I'm being completely honest with you, I had the game on, I watched it, but I, I didn't really feel anything. Like, when... And maybe that was because we had conceded such an early goal. But I didn't really... It was almost like I wasn't too bothered. And then when we scored a last-minute equaliser, I was... It, it like, came back to me, the feeling. And so yeah. I was really like, oh, yeah. It like, made made my um, made the nine-month-old child cry uh, by <laughs> shouting loudly. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, I fi- I'm finding it hard. I've watched a few games now now that the football is back and I am finding it very difficult to to enjoy them um it's funny that how much of a difference crowds do make to just mm. even passive watching of of a, of putting a game on in the background yeah um 
I'm I'm but, I'm certainly crowd noise on when uh when I've been watching yeah. Premier League games because it just feels a bit more real for me and mm. it just feels a lot less like a preseason friendly uh, if if there is at least simulated albeit with problems crowd noise there mm. um, and I know it's something we're going to have to get used to and all the rest of it but yeah it's sort of quasi football at the moment uh, <laughs> I th- maybe in uh, sort of the next few games we'll start to uh, really start to feel it as p- particularly if we uh, maybe don't win the next one and then it gets a bit mm. relegation battle-y uh, I think if we beat Middlesbrough I'll be breathing a hell of a lot easier but uh, despite the absolute shower of shit that is down there there are s- it's still too close points wise for me to uh, relax at the moment how do you think we'll do against Borough, uh, Tony? Because they were shocking last week. We we've you, you mentioned a shower of shit. That's some, we've certainly got that in our locker. <laughs> True. Uh, I I am on edge. Certainly. I mean, I spent the first half mostly battling technical issues. Managed to get the stream working with about ten seconds to spare before we conceded. So and then the first half was trying to make sure the sounds working. It was. I didn't pay enough attention, but I was still invested. And then uh, somebody in the group chat tweeted that we'd scored before the stream got to that point. <laughs> so I had no enjoyment from that goal at all because I was just annoyed. Um, mentioning no oh, names. Uh, but I'm frightened mm. about the next two or... Is it three... Ge- have we got two or three six-pointers or is it two six-pointers and then one ordinary game and then another six-pointer? I can't remember now, but we've got... The next uh, the next Dora few games Wig- are the sort of winnable ones because the, uh, the final stretch is uh, a lot better. A lot, a lot better team, sorry. Uh, so maybe mm. <laughs> well, you, catch yeah, a couple teams you, you say you say You say winnable, I say, fuck, if we lose them, that's really bad. <laughs> but, it's kind of, <laughs> because... but it's kind of like... Not that it doesn't matter, but everyone is kind of in the same same boat here, and mm. like you can't. Mm. Like, yes, teams have been um, teams were, were good before this whole uh, lockdown occurred, but you can't guarantee that it's that, that Leeds, for example, you cannot guarantee that it's like a whole start of a new season. Like everything is starting yeah. again, and so my my maybe naive hope is that. Um, O'Neill's going to be working with these players and it's kind of like a pre-season where they've managed to get these ideas across and things kind of I don't know work as if it was a new season for us I mean it probably ain't going to be the case but um, that's my hope anyway that that fills me with even more fear because every time I can think back to a new season it's gone really really badly really fast (laughs) in recent times but yeah (laughs) if if we win against Middlesbrough, like you say, it's like, oh, actually, everything looks all right. If if we win the next two games, pff, do what you want. Play all the kids. Even play Josh Tymon, who is the same age as Lassa Sorensen and deserves more chances than he's had. Just saying. Uh, fair enough. Um, yeah, c- completely uh, agree with that, apart from the Josh Tymon bit. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, do we know anything about Joe Allen's potential recovery or when he might be back because I think you could certainly argue that we you know in these uh, last spate of games that you can really do with a man who 
famously runs around an awful lot. <laughs> start our next start our next season okay. together. It's like assuming that's so, September October time. So he he would have missed for Euros and he would have missed all of this season and a bit of next season and now he might just miss this season. I think is so when he's playing for West Brom in the Premier League then. <laughs> it depends how much we pay for him. Yeah. Yeah, that's you, that's okay. You see, you see, it, he, he was doing really well. It, it feels even weird talking about potential transfers. Like, yeah, are we? Is <laughs> is, even, is a transfer window even going to happen? Like, what? I it just none of it feels real yet. And is it open now? No, I don't. Know. I, I don't know what's happening. I don't know uh, what what's a, what a transfer is. I don't know what a season is anymore. <laughs> It's sort of weird phantom football that we're all sort of dealing with. Um, but phantom football, greater than no football at all, mm. uh, at least. Um, so uh, I think we'll probably leave it there because, you know, racism and Reading, what what more would you ever want to talk about? Uh, thank you very much, Tony. Thank you very much. Lovely to see you both again. <laughs> Pleasure all mine. Thank you, Chris. Thank you very much, Dave. Right, let's see. What's the what's the bit I say at the end? Um, Stoke, Stoke, <laughs> go, go on, on Stoke, go on, go on, Stoke.